This sermon is brought to you by Shofar East London. Our passion is to equip you to become all that God has destined you to be, so that together we can live out the fullness of Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to be with you. Um, I've, I've just completed a, a, a diploma in, uh, in, in mediation. So I, I, what, I, what I felt the Lord lay on my heart is to do divorce mediation and family mediation because I, I, I felt that God could like put me in a place where maybe to do the mediation, if people really wanted to get divorced, then you help them in a proper way to get divorced. But obviously for me, my agenda is I want to get myself into that place. I've got a paper on the wall. They can come and I can actually do mediation. But my prayer is that, that God will help us to save marriages. That, that is my desire, that, that, that people will. will. So I, I want to invite you, if you know of people that want to get divorced, please send them to me. And I will help them, I will mediate them into loving each other again. Okay, so. <laughs> Karin and I have never, I've been married to Karin for 33 years. We've never spoken about divorce, but murder a few times. Okay. <laughs> Not me, her. Okay. <laughs> um, it's really a privilege to, to have Karin here and Nanette is here as well, my other daughter. And Simo, hello Nanette. And. Simon, John, and Alex are actually in Elliot at the moment. They've got a tent outreach uh, with, with Elliot, in Elliot, and there's been lots of people saved, so we're excited. They're on their way back to Cape Town. John has been here leading worship, and uh, yeah, it's just a privilege just to be here and, and to be family. We've been, we've been in East London now 23 years this year, so it's, it's like a lifetime. And there's a shift that has taken place where I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the full time being the senior pastor. I've been a senior pastor of a church now for 33 years. So it's kind of long. Uh, although I'm still young, um, you know, five years, then I'm 60. Okay. So it's like, <laughs> and 60 is the new or 30 is the new 60 or something like that. Or 60 is the new 30. Understand? Okay. <laughs> Hello. Maybe I am 60. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to what the Lord is going to do. And, and so we, we have really, I think for, I've, I've felt for a few years already that God wants me to just step into this thing and, and, and do this, you know, and not, I think that for me, the, the thing that got me, and especially last year, in the beginning of last year, I started feeling, um, you know, I speak a lot to people about burnout. We call it adrenal fatigue syndrome. It's when you, you kind of run on adrenaline. Most, that's what God created us to do. But then for some reason, your adrenaline levels just go poof, you know. So, and, and I've had a few poof moments in my life. <laughs> and poof can mean different things to different people. But I mean, it's just like, it feels like falling feels like you're being out of control and, and, and after, I mean, after 30 years of counseling other people, you know, to go and speak to someone and stuff like that, um, I actually decided, listen, I actually need help. And because I, 
I started feeling like I hate the church. You know, it's like, and they put me in like, I went to a friend of mine, he's a psychiatrist in Bloemfontein, and they put me in like one of these soft, these rooms with the rubber, you know, those soft rooms, and they, they kept me in there until I said I love the church again. Because I said, I don't love the church. You must love the church. Oh. Okay, now I wasn't really in a soft room, but I, but I went to a clinic for three weeks, and it was so wonderful that the Lord blessed me with this, this wonderful psychiatrist. The first thing he said to me, Cory, uh, we need to hear what, what dad says about you. And when he said that, I just cried and it was lacquer. I just, it was just the release of, of so many things of just being honest with myself. So I want to encourage you, if you are feeling burnt out, it's actually quite normal. But do something about it, you know. The whole thing is, we always say that the, the, the top point of stupidheit, no? the the height of, of stupidity is to keep on doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So stop it. Don't do it anymore. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. If you're rude, stop being rude. Just be kind. You're gonna, it's amazing. If you're just going to be nice, your whole life will change. If you walk into your house and you're kind and you're loving to your children, it changes the atmosphere. So can we just take a moment? Let's just all bow our heads. And I just want to, if there are people this morning that feel burnt out, why don't you just stand up? Nobody looks around. It's just you and the Lord, and I just want to pray for you. Why don't you just stand and just, let me just ask the Lord just to touch you even now in this moment. So if there's anybody, just stand. So Father, thank you for those people that are standing this morning. Father, I just pray this morning that your word says that those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up like eagles. So I just pray for them. And thank you that you have infused me again. But I know that there's still a process in my life, and I thank you for truth. Thank you for Karin, for her love for me, and thank you for the grace of the body of Christ. So I bless you all, and I pray that God would just touch you now. In Jesus' name. Thank you. You may be seated. Amen. Okay, so I, I was wondering if I wanted to do this, but I, I really feel I need to just quickly speak to the men, the unmarried men. Okay, who's, who's, who's unmarried? Men. Okay. okay, there's a few of you. Take this message to your friends. Okay, I was reading an article this week, and I really felt that I wanted to just share this quickly. And just because there are, there are sometimes there are reasons why men tend to delay marriage. Okay. And I, I, because I do a lot of counseling, most of the girls or the young women I see, they say to me, Corey, what's wrong with men? Why are they so gefrek? You know, why? Why don't they sort of like climb up the castle wall and come and fetch me? Said because there's not an escalator. I mean, they uh, they just slap gut, you know, in Afrikaans. Okay, that's just like um, a lot of a lot of guys says, but I can't find a woman. Guys, there are three point eight billion women in the world. Put that in your pipe, okay? But don't smoke, okay? It's bad for you. So I want to, I want to 
to tell you or just share with you a few things that that I think is a, is a problem. I think the big problem in our world, and I, I'm one of those people, is fatherlessness. My dad left my mom when I was four. And I found it difficult to be a dad, but I got it right. But it was difficult for me. Um, I, I didn't find it difficult to sort of tell girls what I felt. I actually was overzealous. Um, <laughs> which obviously led to a lot of girls' hearts being broken. Sorry about that. (laughs) But I I really feel that God wants to restore that today. And I want to pray that, that God would restore guys to a place where they can actually do it. So the first thing that men say is, I'm afraid I'll put myself out there and a woman won't reciprocate. So if I put myself out there, she's not going to do anything. And the problem is that everybody is afraid of rejection. All of us. We, we all, especially if you have a, like a, tra- a track record. But when you allow the fear of rejection to dictate to your actions in dating, you're allowing it to keep you from having children and a legacy. I don't know if you know this. In Malachi, it says, why did God make marriage? Um, for sex? No, that's part of it. God created marriage so that he would have an offspring. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> he created marriage so out of the marriage there would, be a, there would be children that would love him. And it would just go on. So one of the reasons that I want to encourage you to get married and is, is to find a wife, is, is, is to have an offspring, is to, is to actually continue your legacy. So if you're afraid that she's not going to reciprocate, uh, you may be misunderstanding women. If you pursue her and she doesn't pursue you back, it's very likely that she's saying, chase me. Okay. All right. Except if she, yeah. Okay, is that a hand? See, someone's saying amen. (laughs) So if she's not reciprocating, she's actually saying, chase me. Okay. And if she's got tackies on, you know she's saying, chase me. Okay, she's not saying I don't like you. So learn to chase and pursue. But you must also respect a woman's hard no. If she says no, no is no. Okay. So don't don't do that. Hey, don't stalk. Yeah, don't be a stalker. Because then Andre and myself will lay hands on you. And you will not recover. Okay. Okay. Number two. I can't find a woman to date. Ach, man. Maybe this is true if you're 18 years old, but if you're 35 and still claiming that you've been exposed to a lot of, popu- a lot of the population, so there's clearly something deeper going on here. Perhaps your problem is that you are looking for the perfect woman and not finding her. Here's a good clue for you. I'm 55, okay? Been married for 33 years. And Karine is my perfect woman. But I didn't know that when I found her, but I just fell in love with her because I, and, and her sister and brother, and my brother, and they were my pastor. And when I saw her the first time, well, the first, first time I saw her, I thought she was a snob. The second time I saw her, 
Oh, I won't say the word now what I thought, but I won't because, but you'll know what it is because I was one of those cool okies on school, at school. So, you know, I was, I was, and, and so I, I felt that when I saw her, I, I fell in love with her. So I know that, that she's the one for me. But I took that and I got, we got married. I was 22. Okay. So we've been married for 33 years. Number three, I don't want the responsibility. <clears throat> Guys, I just, I've got one word for all of you. Life isn't all about you. Okay. Get over it. Stop it. Okay. Don't want the responsibility. A culture of fatherlessness, I believe, has resulted in a men, men approaching women from a perspective of consumer instead of contributor. So, Father, we break that consumer thing in Jesus' name. So, pursue, guys. Number four, I'm still hurting from past wounds. That's true. You've been dumped. Okay. Or you've had a bad experience. We've all had. I know the poor girls that went out with me, they had bad experiences. <laughs> if, you break your, if you're going to break your leg today, I don't expect you to play rugby tomorrow. But after 10 years and you're still not playing rugby, there's something wrong with you. Your leg has healed. Stand up and walk. Find a woman. Okay. Amen. Okay. That's just for the guys. Just putting it out there. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1. I've got a good sermon for the girls too, but I'll keep it for another day. One day. Invite me again. I'll tell you girls what I've got to say. But I I really felt that I wanted to just share that with with the men today. And if there are guys here that really are looking for a wife, come for prayer afterwards. I'd love to pray. I really want to pray with you. I really believe that God wants to do something for for, for men today. So chapter 1, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abiah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive and they were both very old. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty, he was serving as a priest before God. He was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And when the time of the burning of the incense came, All the assembled worshippers were praying outside, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call him John. And he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. 
He will bring many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah and turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom and the righteousness to make ready the people prepared for the Lord. If you just turn back now to Malachi chapter 4, just, just page back to the Old Testament. It's going to take a long time because between... Between Malachi, or between Luke, Matthew, Mark, the New Testament, and Malachi, there's 400 years. So it's like 400 years of paging back now. Okay. The last verse, verse 6. Um, okay, let's start 5. Let's read from verse 5. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to, to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children <clears throat> to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Then just go back to Isaiah chapter 9, where Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, <clears throat> it, it says that the people that have walked in darkness have seen a light. And then verse 9, for unto us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Okay, and, and then it talks about his reign. We were singing, talking about kingdom this morning. There is no end to his kingdom. Guys, kingdom is so important. God says that we should seek the kingdom. Um, and, and leave the building of the church to him. He says, I will build my church. We should seek the kingdom. Okay. We spend so much time trying to build something that he said he will do. Seek the kingdom, man, and he will build the church. So easy. But we, we miss it. We, we miss that wonderful thing. So there's, there's no end. So people that were dwelling in darkness. So after the words that were spoken in Malachi, in this 400 years before the New Testament. In Afrikaans, we call it the intertestamentaire tijd. Okay. It's a very, if you can say that nicely, you can speak good Afrikaans. But it's the intertestament time. Okay. It's 400 years. And it was 400 years of silence. Okay. So somebody said, okay, but then there, mustn't, there must have been no woman in those 400. No, I said, no, 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 no. You've got it all wrong. It was just silence. It wasn't the people that were silent. God was silent. Okay. God was silent. God did not speak for 400 years. He, he did. There was no revelation. There was no manifestation of his presence. Imagine that. 400 years of silence, of, of him not speaking. And then the first word that he speaks when he, when he comes to earth, when Jesus comes, is is when he, when, he, when, he, when he reveals himself to Zechariah. And it's so wonderful. In Hebrew, Zechariah means God remembered. <laughs> so, 400 years later, I remember. I know what I want to do. It's okay. I know that a lot of you feel like God has forgotten you. But God has remembered. And it was so amazing because Zechariah 
there was lots taken. So your chance of serving the incense was maybe once in your lifetime. So think about God's timing. That he was, his lot was taken. He was chosen to, to go into the temple that day. The, 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 the Abia group. He was part of the Abia. So, so they, they, they won the lottery <laughs> to go and do the incense in the temple. And it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. And in that moment, God breaks the silence with an angel. And what does the angel say to Zechariah? Zechariah. I'm going to do something that I promised in Malachi. I'm going to bring the hearts of the fathers to their sons. And you're going to, your, your wife is going to have a son and you must call him John. What does John mean? John means God is gracious. So fast, so it's so amazing for me that God's first word that he, that he breathes back into earth is that I want to be gracious. So God speaks that to the people. And then, we, we read about the angel coming to Mary and telling her, listen, Mary, you're going to have a son. And you must call him Jesus. Yeshua means God saves. So two words that come out after 400 years of silence. I want to be gracious. I want to save. Isn't it amazing? He's been quiet for 400 years and then he breaks the silence with this. And then when Jesus is born... All the shepherds are in the field in, 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 in Luke chapter 2. They're in the fields and the angels appear. And what do they say? They say, peace on earth. There were angels. Ach, there were shepherds. And the angels said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those in whom his favor rests. So God comes and he says to, to Zechariah, Zechariah, I remembered. I'm going to be gracious, and I'm going to save people. And then he says, the angel says, I'm bringing peace. Now, the word peace is a wonderful word because in, in Hebrew, the word shalom, we, we know that. Uh, when people greet each other in, in Hebrew, they would say, Mashalom alechem, uh, peace be to you. But peace is not, it, it's, it's not like, it's not like a worldly peace because do you know what worldly peace is? Worldly peace is a time to reload guns. That's what worldly peace is. So we have like a, a they say we're going to have a peace treaty in, in, in Jerusalem and, and, and then they have peace talks and then once it's over, boof, they shoot another gun because it's a time to reload. But Jesus says, and, and this is so amazing because in Luke, um, or John chapter 20, verse 19 to 20, after Jesus had rose from the dead, as he walked into the midst of his disciples, what did he say to them? Peace be to you. Oh, peace be unto you. Such an amazing thing. He just says, not as the world, but I give you my peace. 
Because peace, in, it's actually in Hebrew, it's, it's actually an amazing thing because it's like, in Hebrew, it's like peace is a state of being. Okay, it's not like the free state. Right? State, you must understand, it's like a, there's a two-stunt, man. It's like, it's, I'm in it. It's, it's so part of me. I, 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 it, it consumes me. And, and Jesus says, guys, the peace that I'm giving you is, is, is the peace that I, that I've, that I, that's why I've come. I, I've come to save. I, I didn't come to find the good people. I've come to save the lost. And, and, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to leave my peace. And, and, and in Hebrew, that, the root of, of, of that word shalom, it, it actually denotes like a, a sense of wholeness, a completeness. And guys, that's the peace that God wants to give you, is that you, you have the wholeness and the completeness of, of who he is and to walk in that peace. Because peace is a state. It's, a, it's, it's, it, it's like it consumes me so much. So what, what does it mean? It means that when I walk into a, a room, I bring peace. Instead of, of bringing disruption, I actually bring peace. And you shift the atmosphere. Um, have you found that sometimes you can walk, and maybe you guys have just finished your holidays now? I know, like holidays, like sometimes after holidays you feel like, you know what, actually, I want to see my family once a year. But actually just on a photo. Um, <clears throat> Uh, no, I'm just joking. Because sometimes it's like that. There's a, like, we, we live in different worlds. And the people from Gauteng come here and we find out, but just like these guys are so racist because they, they get mugged more than we do, you know, and they, or whatever, you know, it's like, we, we, there's, there's fights, you know. Why are you guys going to shofar? You used to be in the Dutch Reformed Church. What You know, whatever. And there's big, like, family fights because there's changes that happens. Do you know what? God has called you to bring peace. Because you, you know what? I, I found in my life, and I've won many arguments, because I'm clever. But I've actually lost people by that. You can win the fight, but you can lose people. Sometimes just shut up and rather bring peace. Shift the atmosphere. Change the situation that you are in. Make them see things from a different perspective. And then in Matthew 28... When Jesus leaves earth, what does he do? Jesus says, go into all the world and, and preach the gospel. And, and lo, I am with you all the days of your life. So, so Jesus promises in, in Matthew 28 that, that he will be with them always. But, but what people don't realize because people, it says that Jesus stretched out his hand and he blessed them. What did he pray? What did he say? He, he prayed number six over them. That's all he did. Because that was, so, that was the normal thing to do. So he just started speaking number six, which says the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, the Lord turn his face towards you, the Lord give you his peace. So in a sense, that was his parting words as he left earth, is he imparted us with peace. And he actually said to his disciples, go and make disciples. 
Go and change the world, but take my peace. Guys, there's, there's been a, there's been, imagine being in, in, the, in, in the New Testament and there's been 400 years of silence and God breaks the silence with, with saying that I want to be gracious. I want to save. And you know what? I want to bring peace. But in a sense, now it has to shift from me to you. You have to be the peacemakers. You have to go and make peace. And I, I believe, and Jesus spoke that in, in Matthew, Matthew chapter 5. This, this was Jesus, when Jesus, this was Jesus' first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, where he said, I think it's in verse 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. What do, what do people see when they, when they look at you? Are you a peacemaker or are you a stirrer? You know, do you, do you, how do you shift the atmosphere in your house and in your world that you live in? Do you bring peace or do you bring disruption? So I really believe that God is calling you to, to be a peacemaker and to shift the atmosphere. I, we've had it many times in our life. Simon is here. And I, uh, he knows, you know, he'd come into the house and something happened and he comes into the house and, or I would come into the house also and, and just bring an atmosphere with me. My sister always has a very good saying. She says, you know, do I sense a little atmosphere? You know, something has shifted. It's not good, you know. So, in a sense, to say to Simon, Simon, listen, can you and I agree that we're not going to partner with this atmosphere? And then we agree, and, and all of a sudden, it's just different. And I want to encourage you. That's how you shift the atmosphere, by sometimes just addressing it and saying, listen, something's happened, even with you and your wife, you know, that you all of a sudden realize, but what's happened here? We were just happy now. Something happened in a moment that all of a sudden, all the peace that we had has flown out of the window. And, and, and it's, it's a stupid little thing that happened. But it's triggered me, and, it, and I feel I'm not good enough, or whatever, and then I react out of that, and I shift. I change the atmosphere to, to an atmosphere of being uncomfortable. So we agree. We say to each other, listen, do you sense the atmosphere? Yes. What do you sense still? I want to hit you. Okay, but don't do that. Can we agree? <laughs> Can we agree and just say, Lord, we're not going to partner with this atmosphere. So make that decision. Don't partner with it. You have a decision. God's given you a free will. I don't know if you know that, but you have, you have a free will. You can choose to serve him or not. I, I, I sometimes wish he'd made us more robot-like that he can just push a button and we do all the right things, but we don't. <laughs> but you see, that's where the victory is, is when you choose to do it. I mean, the devil hates you even more. When you choose to wake up in the morning and lift up your hands and say, Jesus, you are Lord, he just gets so despondent because you're making the choice to serve God. So shift the atmosphere in your house. 
Are you, you know, and like I said just now, don't keep on doing the same thing. You know, we tend to, especially for me, I'm a man. I, I, we tend to always, we keep on doing the same things and our wife gets irritated and she says, I don't like that. But we keep on doing it for some reason. It's like, it's like I'm trying to speak Italian to her, but she wants me to speak French. Okay. She wants me to say, voulez-vous, you know, or je t'aime. And because she can hear that. She understands that. But I can, I can speak, I need to speak her language. And that shifts the atmosphere. So listen to one another. But make a decision to shift the atmosphere with your children. If, there's, if you feel that there's disruption in the house, call the, the children together and say, guys, something's not right. Why are we fighting? Why is there so much strife in this house? Let's not partner with the strife. Let's partner with peace. Let's ask peace to come. So my prayer and my encouragement today is that we will leave here today and that we would go to the places where God has put us. School starts tomorrow. Well, the teachers start tomorrow, Wednesday. I mean, traffic, all things are happening. Okay, so you need peace. You need peace. If one of those little kokoroto, we call them kokoroto, those little karikis, that go in front of you and they go very slow. It's like these guys have got lots of time. There's no rush. Just remember that, that God isn't busy with the kokorot. He's busy with you. He's busy because you, 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 in your quiet time this morning, you asked the Lord to give you more patience. How do you get patience? By driving behind a kokorot. You did, patience doesn't fall out of heaven and all of a sudden, hey, I feel so patient. Patience comes by practice. So practice it behind that guy or whoever is driving that car. Sometimes you think, but nobody's driving, but it's going very slow. <laughs> so, okay, now there's four people pushing the thing. Peace must become part of my life that I can start shifting the atmospheres in my life. So this morning I want to encourage you and I want to, I want to invite you to come. And, and if you, if you want to just make a declaration this morning to say, Father, I want to bring peace. Jesus, thank you that you came to this world, that you broke the silence. God broke the silence. So maybe it's time for you to break the silence even in your life. Start speaking, start talking to your wife, you know. Start talking to her. Even if she faints, just pick her up and say, it's really me. I'm talking to you. It's okay. My wife has to, I, you think I talk a lot, but at home, she has to pull things out of me. Okay. And, and, but I, I, you know, and I love her for that. But we need to start, break the silence. What is the silence in your life? What are the things that you need to start doing again that you have forgotten? And I really believe that God wants to do that. He wants to revive us to those things that were normal that they would become normal again in our lives. Thank you for listening to this message. Find more on Shofar East London's podcast channel. Let's do life together.